self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am here to let you know that shutting the fuck up is free also known as calamity red Alrighty then we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversation con artist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, conversation con artist, and send it to us that way. I don't think we had a letter this week, though. Nope. Okay. So you know what that means, people. Read it. Read it. So, we can do some race shit. We could do some shit about blue balls. Uh, we could do some shit about black supremacy. <laughs> uh, Let's do the we first. We could do some pre pre um what is it premature ejaculation. Which one? The first one. First one. What was the first one? Race shit. Yes. Okay. Um, let's start with this one because this this is the other side of of this conversation. So he this is a man. His partner. I think this is a man. Usually they say, but anyway, the partner is a thirty year old female. So the title of this is my partner is throwing white privilege in my face. Uh, my partner is upset and had questions about all the stuff that's happening that's happened this week. Now, most of the week I've been on Reddit and we've been feeling pretty emotional about everything. And I have conservative parents who talk, who I talked to today about it because I've been so confused on how to feel. And my dad and I talked and he just gave nothing but reasonable responses to my questions. Uh, and I wanted to share that view with my partner. And as I was just trying to explain the responses I received, I was met with disappointment and I knew this was going to happen because I was just asking questions about everything, about Black Lives Matter, about the police officer, just about everything. And then it is driving a straight wedge because she's a minority, so she's oppressed and I'm white, so I have privilege that she will not tolerate. This is the most confusing of times and I really, really need some advice here. I tried to explain that she had all the same opportunities as the rest of us. And still has the same opportunities, such as getting a car, house, etc. Like, she's never been denied anything because of her race. And she just keeps mentioning her ancestors were oppressed and she still feels it. How the fuck am I supposed to respond to that? Sir, she don't, she, no, she hasn't had the same opportunities as you. First of all, no, sweet baby, she hasn't. Oh man, I'm wondering how a black woman gets into this relationship. <laughs> like, if you are that, you know, a lot of times, especially in those race groups where people exemplify their blackness, a lot of them have a white mate. And I know that, like, environment can make a difference. Clearly, if you're using for living in fucking Idaho or Utah. Vermont or some shit. Yeah. You don't have that many options. Now while your folks took you there, I hope they got I hope you got a comfortable life. 
to those places. And I know there are some environments in America that we go to where it's like mostly white, maybe a private school or something. And so you don't have many options or maybe a job. But I don't understand how you get into a relationship with somebody who don't even meet the minimum requirements of being able to understand you and your culture. That don't make sense. I don't know. That's one reason why I don't think I could date a white person. Because I need somebody to understand my American experience. Even if they haven't had it just like I've had it. And I want to understand the experience of somebody that I'm with. Yep. That's what I, you know, I feel the same way why I don't date white men. Just because I don't want to have to deal with with every time something like this happens, this going to be an issue. Um, and then his response of you have the same opportunities, such as getting a car and a house. So I guess he don't know what redlining is. Like you, he says that he, you know, he's trying to understand by asking questions, but you're not, if your, your statement is you've had the same opportunities as me, that's not you trying to learn. That's you trying to convince me that I'm overreacting, which is going to get you cussed out. So the amount of shit that you have to lay out for white people in order for them to get this shit, because they're not going to do the research on their own. No. Like they would literally have to walk into your house and see one of them um, push pin boards (laughs) with red lines attached all to each other to say, look, it started with slavery. It went to Jim Crow. It connected the red lining. Redlining keep up, kept us from living on this side of town versus that side of town. The bank started denying black people loans, but giving white people loans even once the legislation for uh, housing discrimination was passed. And it still goes on today. There's no legislation that stops them from doing that. Matter of fact, uh, it's a lot of communities that will not allow real estate agents to bring black people to their town. And the real estate agents don't do it because they know they will get fired yep. or reprimanded. So you got to lay that shit out. You can't. I mean, I'm not saying you should lay that shit out. That's your prerogative. But if you're, if we as a culture, an American culture, are depending on white people to go do the research, they're not. They don't do research. They just take shit. That's the history of white people. Not all white people take shit, you know, but uh, all white people benefit somehow from the ancestors that they have that took shit. And, you know, what's going on today with the George Floyd protests, I think that it's a good thing that so many white people are seeing this shit because we can't we we can't fix racism that a person has if they think we a monkey. <laughs> we can't because when we say systematic oppression, all they're going to hear is <laughs> that's all they're going to hear. They have to hear it from somebody that they fucking will listen to. And it got to be a white person. You got to be vigilant towards your white family that's racist. You got to be vigilant towards your friends that's racist. You got to be vigilant towards all them motherfuckers. But you also got to realize that it's a lot of motherfuckers out here that can't be saved from their racism. They don't want to be. It's very, very convenient to believe that you're the best and to believe that you should have everything given to you 
on a silver platter. Very convenient. It's nice. Nice life to live. But it's a fucking it's a fucking illusion that they want all of us to help create this false ass reality for them. They just want all black people to be like, oh yeah, we inferior. We sure don't be working harder. We kill each other at a high rate. We sure lives. Man, we need to do something about ourselves because, damn, we wish we could be like y'all whites. Y'all just so smart. Y'all don't hurt each other or nothing. Y'all got education. Y'all read. Y'all own banks. We don't own nothing. Woo-woo-wee. That's what they want us to be out here fucking goddamn doing. And that shit ain't... That's not the move. That's not what it's about to be. It's not. Well, we can't, we can't do shit about that. And no, it ain't our fucking job. It ain't my fucking job to be trying to tell a white man, hey, you know, let me explain to you in detail why the way you think is fucked up. <laughs> Look, if you got fucked up thinking, it's easy to know you got fucked up thinking. Yep. If every time I get mad red and I punch a hole in the wall, if I don't realize that's fucked up thinking <laughs> and fucked up behavior, then I, I got a I got an IQ intelligence problem. <laughs> or I'm in such deep denial about something that I'm willing to emulate a, a, a IQ problem. And for for people that are like, you know, well, if these white people feel like this, why would they be with, with black folks? I and I don't think this is all white people, but let let us not forget that white people have fetishized us from the very beginning. Okay. You had slave masters sleeping with their slaves and shit. Like, we've been fetishized. And so, in that regard, you do have white people that still do that shit. Like, they, 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 you're black. And it's, that's a fetish for them. They're not dating you as a person. Um, and so, because they're not dating you as a person, they don't really give a fuck about all of the other shit that comes along with being black. And they don't understand what it, what that means for you, right? Because you, you just a fetish. <laughs> So that's how a lot of these people in in um, interracial relationships end up with tone deaf ass white people, because they wasn't never really trying to understand. They don't really care. But it doesn't are, really impact them. And then think about his response. His response is one that if he truly believes the shit he said, then he thinks that he's choosing somebody that's on the same level as him. That he's yep. had the same experiences. He don't look at a black person and say, okay, dating this person is going to come with a particular experience, so I need to be aware of what that's going to be. No, he's saying, well, she ain't had no different experience than me. You know, she only got a different color skin, but that don't mean anything in the context of America. Like, how naive do you have to be to have that perspective? Yep. You know, but either way, that's another way that a, a whole-ass white person can date a black person and not know what the fuck they getting themselves into. Yep. Um, and I hate to say it like that because the way I said it just implies that they getting into some trouble. But the reality is they are getting into an opportunity to learn about their fucking past ancestor shenanigans, bullshit ass shenanigans, and they not gonna like it. And so this is what happened. They stay yeah. in that relationship, put this shit on a Reddit post. And just be racist, a racism underneath. <laughs> oh. <sighs> but like I said, look, I I put up a I put up a quick test last week. You did for y'all to determine <laughs> the level of understanding that a white person has for the culture when you engage with them. You make sure you have that test. 
and you make sure you uh, add your own components. You know, you got your own litmus test for whether a black uh, or a white person is fit to engage with you. I still don't know why you would date them, you know, because women, I don't, just don't know why you want to see some pink meat <laughs> and naked white women just look like uh, undone chicken. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not doing this with you today. <laughs> black women look well, well cooked <laughs> and delicious. Okay, I'm moving on now. <laughs> it's like I'm just saying. It's like they got the skin that don't. You know, they say that baby got a face only a mama can love. I really. They got skin only another white person can love. To me. Okay, I'm gonna stick with the race stuff because I'm we move <laughs> you with the skin shit. This is another this is a so I wanted to look at some different race shit. Like so this that one was from the perspective of, of this white man that's dealing with this. And now this is from the perspective of a Native American that's dating a white person, <laughs> which has to be probably I wonder if that's harder. I wonder if it's harder to be Native American and bring home a white man than it is to be black and bring home a white man. <laughs> they fucked the Native American over too. So she twenty and her boyfriend's nineteen. The title of it is I'm Native American and trying to resolve some guilt within myself in regards to my boyfriend. So I'm a little over fifty percent I'm gonna say this so wrong. Lipan Apache? Probably said that wrong. The Apache I got right. The Lipan, I don't know. Um, my native side has been a huge part of my life, going to powwows and dancing since I was a kid. I fully intend to pass this to my children the way my dad has done to us. Growing up, my aunt was very adamant that I had to do my duty as a Native American and marry a fellow Native. She said that was how I could keep my culture alive. Because I had to keep my culture alive, I spent my whole life thinking I had to do that, and I've spent all of it telling myself that I would never, ever end up with a white person because I couldn't fail my people. <laughs> to sum it up, for about two and a half years, I've been with the most amazing guy. He's so much more than what I hoped for. My boyfriend is white, but he's fully supportive of my native side. I've already told him that our kids are going to dance, they're going to powwow, that they're going to know everything I know. He's down for all He's down for it all, and he's even gone to several of my family powwows because he wants to support me, knows how important it is for me. But what my aunt used to tell me as a kid seems to kind of haunt me. I feel so horrible that sometimes I feel guilty that he isn't Native. The best way I can describe it is like I almost feel like I'm failing my ancestors. Every time I think about it, I think about how our kids will only be one, how they'll only be a, a fourth, and they probably won't marry a Native, and their kids will be even less, and then I go on a whole spiral. I know this is tied to the fact that I overthink every situation I'm in, so I've been trying to work on that. I guess I'm just scared that one day all the traditions in life that I love will be forgotten. I love him so much, this is in no way affects any of that. We're both in it for the long run, so I know this is just something I need to resolve within myself. I mentioned to him a couple of weeks ago, and he said he understood why I feel like that, and as usual, was his awesome, supportive self. Do any of y'all have any advice to help me work through this? I really want to work through this guilt because I feel like such a horrible girlfriend whenever the guilt hits, hits because he's so good to me. Child. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. That's a lot. <sighs> I mean, that's tough. And the reason why I say it's tough, she, the, the dwindling, or not the dwindling, what is the correct word? The diluting 
of her native ancestry. I mean, that's the real thing. Them kids yeah. ain't gonna—they gonna continue. I mean, as the lineage goes on, they gonna look, look more and more white. Shit, her kids gonna look white. She only half. She's only half. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that was just a hopeful dialogue for the aunt, cause kid, I guess she was looking at you know, this one stop was you know what it was, but now we got to keep going in the direction of our natives. Well, yeah, because if she got with a native, then that kid would be 75% and it would go back up. But with her getting with somebody white, it, it goes down. I mean, I mean, I think people should do what they're going to do to make them happy. Yeah, she don't and, carry the weight of her ancestors on her back like that late. But I do think you also, in this case, have to recognize what bullshit this comes with. Yeah. I mean, even in the best case scenario that you find the best interracial partner uh, as it pertains to your culture comes with some bullshit. That nigga family don't feel that way. Probably not. All of them. Your family definitely don't feel that way. No. Especially that aunt. Yeah, that's (laughs) unnecessary pressure. Can you imagine a white man dressed up doing a dance around at a powwow? I just feel like it would... Goddamn, Dirk Nowitzki, goddamn. Dirk and the Whiskey uh, used to play for the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. He had a goddamn African wife, and they showed him in a dashiki doing his little dance and shit. They said he bought a, uh, she gave him a takeout plate of African food every day to be having at the house. Like, it would look awkward and weird, but <laughs> I mean, I I support a white man who supports a black, native, Latino, Asian, etc. woman. Um, and is willing to engage and embrace their culture and and learn about that culture. But, you know, the thing that sits in the very back of my head is what will happen that will bring up that insensitivity. Yeah. What will happen? What moment will show up that makes you realize, damn, I thought he was really down or I thought he knew. And I just hate to be an educator for my partner as it pertains to my culture. How long ago was the uh, pipeline shit? Was that? Because they've been together for two and a half years. About around that. So she met him during that time. I wonder what his, or if they discussed it, or if she met him like maybe on the end of it. So she didn't really, you know, get how he felt or get to see how he responded to it. Like, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Even though, but everybody got blind spots. You know, I've been having to talk lately about how I got blind spots. As much as I be talking about, you know, advocacy and allies and trying to, you know, make sure I say the right thing. I mean, I need everybody to know that I I say that with idealism in mind. I speak for the person that I want to be and hope to be that person at some point. You know, so even in the best case scenario of a person speaking as idealistic as possible, where are they blind spots? And what if you don't find out the blind spots show up until you have kids? You know? Yeah. How is it? Like, how does white pe- how do white people define white culture? You know, like, because is he going to, like, okay, clearly they're going to be teaching their kids a whole bunch of native shit, but what do you teach kids about white shit? That's a good-ass question. <laughs> you know, what do no. you teach kids about white shit? Do they have a culture? 
It seems like everything they had, they took. People keep saying that. I don't think they have a culture, not because they took everything and the culture belonged to them, but because they have become so complacent in being called white and being white in America that they abandoned where their original culture came from. They've abandoned it, and they okay with it for the clout. <laughs> they all right with it. They just want, we got the money, we got the power, we got the position. I mean, I don't give a fuck about my culture. I, we got we got stocks, you know what I'm saying? We got Supreme Courts and politics. Yeah. We got all this shit. If you want to be a politician, son, ain't nothing going to hold you back. If you don't want to be a politician, then you can do what the fuck you want. You can just be a rich-ass regular motherfucker because we'll help you figure out finances. Like, I think, I think that's the case. I think there is no white culture because they abandoned it. Because they don't even use the culture that they stole and try to implement that shit into their kids. Yeah. You know, they stole it, but they don't use it. <laughs> they stole it and they like you use it for gain from through through the uh, groups that they use, like on Facebook. Um, you'll scroll down and you'll see these black power shirts with fists on them and shit. Mm-hmm. Especially today, it's been like this, but go into the comments. There is always somebody who asks, is this black owned? And most of the time, no, it's not. It's a white person selling t-shirts they would never wear in their goddamn life. Yep. So, I don't think white people have a culture, but it's not because they took shit from other people and use it because they don't use it. I think that they've abandoned the notion of culture for themselves because white in America just means I got some shit. And you can't you can teach kids how to get some shit, but that's not a culture. That's a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> so what would he even teach his kids? He would have to like I feel like he may go back to his roots and say some shit like, you know, my family's lineage is from Germany or Switzerland or whatever and but they still don't even like no. I, over here in America even people who are conscious of that lineage, unless you Irish or Italian or, or, or Italian or several yeah. other, you know, cultures in America that, you know, kind of they they really hold on to their culture outside of that. They don't practice nothing that got something to do with that culture. Mm-mm. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I should ask white people with white mates that I know. What does your white mate teach your kids about? their lineage <laughs> you know that's, that's an interesting question I would like to know the answer to because with Native American we could teach you about these dances we could teach you about um, dream catchers and yeah, all of this different stuff that goes way back into our past What what is a white person really going to teach their kids okay well I got one more race one Okay. And it's another situation where it's like a different viewpoint. <laughs> so this is a woman. She's 26. Her boyfriend is 27. And the title of this one is My Boyfriend is a Black Supremacist. <laughs> Which I didn't know oh, was a Jesus. <laughs> well, he calls himself a black Israelite, black Hebrew or black Jew. I am white and we have two kids. One is white and not biologically his, but he is her dad and has been all her life. He does not treat us poorly or anything like that, but he is very obsessed with the black Hebrew movement, 
But it started to cross the line, in my opinion, because he's starting to share very anti-white, anti-woman, and anti-Semitic views. The anti-Semitic shit bothers me the most. I understand and encourage him wanting to know as much as possible about black history and even wanting to feel a part of something um, exclusive, i.e. the the 12 tribes of Israel. I thought that he would eventually get tired of it and focus his energy somewhere else, but he only got more obsessed and more problematic. I would not tolerate supremacist views from anyone full stop, and I begged him to fulfill the want need to be connected to his black roots in another way. I do not want him spreading these beliefs to our children. I love him dearly, obviously, but enough is becoming enough. I hate that I had to make this post, but I'm getting to my wits end. What can I to do to discourage the, the obsession, or should I give him an ultimatum? Thanks. Ultimatums don't work in they relationships. Do don't, you don't go in your face. Don't favor. give anybody an ultimatum ever in a relationship. Okay. <laughs> that shit ain't going to go your way. And if it does go your way, then the person going to have the leverage to say, well, I only did this because, <laughs> you know, so they not going to be invested in it. You know, at best you need to manipulate and trick somebody into some shit. Don't tell them up, up front, but ma'am, you know, it's many circumstances where I tell a black man to leave a white woman but white woman you need to leave the black man <laughs> sorry i know you got kids together you're gonna have to deal with that shit because once that hebrew israelite shit take over a black oh, dude yeah. it's a wrap wait till his third eye open up <laughs> just wait i wouldn't even date a black israelite i'm black too much but i mean we know what black israelites come with they Listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to bash black Israelites um, too bad because I don't understand everything they're talking about. I just know that they, they are really heavy on misogyny, which I don't yeah. fuck with. They're really heavy on sexism, which I don't fuck with. They are deeply anti-Semitic because a lot of their messages come from um, Farrakhan, which he is very anti-Semitic. And... Um, I just don't support that shit. <laughs> I don't support them kind of... Uh... Now, I don't know the root of why they're anti-Semitic, so I'm I just not going to get into it, but it's not looking good for you, ma'am. It's not looking good for your kids. <laughs> and frankly, I don't know why they even let him in the club with a white woman. Yeah, like, they got to be talking mad shit. <laughs> they got to be talking mad shit about him <laughs> existing. <laughs> with the family dynamic he got, like, if you're going to go down the path of being a, a, a black Hebrew, then you need to let white things go. Have you ever watched I'm Gonna Get You Sucker mm -hmm. with Keenan Ivory Wayans? Yeah. He sound like the, um, that man <laughs> who had a white wife, but he was like a, a black Israelite. Yeah. You remember that part of him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bean pies and all of that shit, but then his, his wife white as fuck. It's like idealism in the wrong direction. <laughs> it's like I'm going to, you know, say these words that represent how I want to be, but my actions don't really support that. Yeah. No. But also, there is no fucking such thing as a black supremacist. <laughs> okay? Let's get that shit out the way. Ain't no such thing as a black supremacist. 
You know, the same thing about can black people be racist? And a whole bunch of people be like, yeah, black people can be racist. And then a lot of people like, no, black people can't be racist. Well, I'm in the no black people can't be racist camp, okay? The reason is because racism comes with a component of power. To truly be racist, you should you got to be able to do something with it. You know what I'm saying? White yep. people got the milk near of goddamn racism. If you don't know what that fucking is, that's <laughs> Thor's hammer, okay? They got the motherfucking privilege on lock, and that shit is near and we can't pick the motherfucker up. All right, they can motherfucking summon that bitch from across the world, and that bitch will come straight into their hands. That's what they got. We don't have that. If you don't have that power with your racism, you are an idiot at best. <laughs> if you think you are superior to white people, it's only because you've convinced yourself that you are. In America, we have no evidence that we're superior to white people. And frankly, we shouldn't hope to be superior to white people. The only reason people want to be superior to white people is because white people have claimed to be superior to us. At the end of the day, we should just want shit to be on an even-ass playing field. That's what I want. I want shit to be on an even playing field. I don't even want to be superior because I don't want to be put in a position to be able to treat a white person like shit but have to treat them good. <laughs> I don't want to be on that. I don't want that responsibility because I will treat them like shit. <laughs> Not because they white, but because I would have the power. And when you have the power, it come along with being a dickhead sometimes. So I don't want to be a supremacist, a black supremacist, if it could even exist. Because number one, in America, it can't. And number two, it's not something we should aspire to be anyway. And the fact that it seems like that's what they're aspiring to be is better than white or that they've convinced themselves that they're better than white. Now, I think personally, uh, in America, white people are are in a better position than, than brown people. Uh, but frankly, having melanin is way fucking more uh, useful than goddamn not having it. We cool as shit, just in general. Melanin, we just cool as shit. Well, are we, I mean, but I'm just going outside of, of like personality. Like, our cultural personality is cool as fuck, but it was very well may be in spite of what we've been through. You know what I'm saying? Like, white people, while white people was up there fucking ball dancing to classical music, we was rebelling in the basement with jazz. <laughs> <laughs> now, we might not have had jazz if, if, if that was the case. If we was the fucking supremacists, maybe we would be fucking ballroom dancing to classical music and they have some fucking unseasoned jazz in the basement. It'll uh -huh. still be unseasoned. Jazz, don't get me wrong. It'll be some different. So, our personality may be in spite of what we've gone through. But if you just look at us outside of personality shit, we got melanin, and in the least, that protects us from the sun. And we have less cases of sunburn and melanoma, even though we can get that shit. Both of them. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna move off race shit, and we're gonna move into some sex shit. Um, leave them, sis. <laughs> How are you? Kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, that ain't about what you was finna say. Uh, well, you won't say leave him because of your meat positivity. So, uh oh, uh, no uh. orgasms. So the title of this is what to do. So I love my boyfriend a lot, but he's developed a bit of a problem in bed. Sometimes 
he comes very quickly. Personally, that doesn't bother me. He always goes down on me and gets me to finish too. The problem is that it takes his toll on him and he'll just be uber depressed for a long time afterwards. It bothers him enough that he has bought a hollow strap on so he doesn't have to worry about it. Only thing is, we tried using it today, but since he was flaccid... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm so fucking immature. Wait, okay. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> okay. Only thing is, we tried using it today, but since he was flaccid, the dick was just bending instead of going in. <laughs> I'm sorry. This made him way more depressed. I want to be there to support him and everything, but to be honest, I'm starting to feel like maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just not able to make him happy. Maybe he'd be happy with someone else. I don't know what to do anymore. Just to know, it isn't the sex that is the problem. It's the depression he gets after. First off, don't be laughing at this man meet mishaps, okay? Everybody ain't got it. It's not funny, okay? It's not. Everybody ain't got it. He got the wrong. Uh, he got the wrong hollow dildo, man. A lot of but hollow dildos what, accommodate laugh. mangly meat. He can't even get it in a dildo. Then <laughs> probably mean is it's a lot of meat. <laughs> I mean, I guess he got that going for. Him. <laughs> I, mean, Ooh, okay. I guess it ain't. I guess it ain't no point of having a whole bunch of uh, a large quantity of raw meat if you ain't got no way to cook it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is really just a waste. That shit gonna go bad or have to be frozen forever. You'll never be able to capitalize on on it if that's the case. So, <laughs> all jokes aside, um, you know this is a real. It's a. I think this is a real thing that a lot of people go through because, like, women, she don't even care about the sexual part of it. Like, because we are a lot more emotional based, but he is so tied to his ability to do this thing. And now he can't do it. And so it makes him feel lesser than, even though she's not making him feel lesser than this is something that he's kind of doing to himself just because, you know, society says you should be slanging meat like a pro with no issue. Um, but she loves him anyway, and she, you know, she wants to still be with him despite this. So, this is something he gonna have to like. He's this gonna have is, to figure out. This is this is meat positivity one on one. Okay, this is what society does to us men. We <laughs> sit there and watch Wesley Pipes and goddamn Mr. Marcus and Lex Steel piping down women and with the big meat, and we sit here and tell ourselves that we supposed to have big meat. We supposed to be able to pipe women. We supposed to go minute after minute after minute. You know what I'm saying? But that that ain't reality. Women don't exist like that. You know, you only need four meet four inches to reach a woman's G spot. Did you know that? Really? Yes, I did know that. I took human sexuality. You only need four inches to reach the woman's G spot. You know now clearly. You don't just want four inches to be able to reach it. But there are men that have four inches. And if your self-esteem is tied to what you don't have, then you're going to struggle with the idea that you don't have what you think you should versus your ability to make your woman happy. Which she sounds like she's happy. She she literally is concerned for him because he gets depressed behind this shit and it makes him feel bad. And that makes her feel bad. Now she questioning herself if it's her. 
Which, ma'am, it's not you. Mm. I'm going to add some um, dialogue to this conversation that you're not going to like. But the men will love it. Listen, um, I think that I think that he's doing everything he can on the surface. It don't sound like he's went to a professional to see what's going on. This may be a very easy fix. Um, this may be a, a health vitamin regimen. This may be some exercises coming fast is a problem of somebody who don't have control of their Kegel muscles. And he developed it, so this hasn't been this way their entire relationship. Something has occurred that has contributed to this. I got a question for you. Oh, fuck. Why? This isn't about me. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just a personal question that I've I know, talked to I other think... people about that I want to know your perspective on, but it may not have ever happened to you. Fine. Has, have you ever... Uh, got ready to engage with a man sexually and he could not get hard. Mm, I don't think so. I've had the, the other, on the other end of that, like it being over very quickly, but I don't think so. Uh, you know, from women that I've talked to that have had that experience, the dynamic is their self-esteem becomes impacted because that moment makes it feel like they're not attractive enough or they're not. Uh, yeah, that because here's the thing. When we think about men, y'all, we think about y'all in terms of being like these highly sexual beings, right? And who you fucking wake up with morning wood, okay? Like this is just something that happens all the time. So then when I'm standing here naked and can't make something that happens naturally happen, then it is going to make you feel like it's you. I mean, I, I would imagine that that's how I would have felt. I would have been like, well, damn. Well, I mean, if that, she probably need to massage his prostate. No. Mm -mm. I'm no. just saying, if she massages prostate and it goes straight up, she need to send him where he belong. He, he don't belong with you, ma'am. To go. <laughs> To see he belongs a with a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> he need to go see a doctor and see what, or I mean, it could be something psychological. He may just be in his own head too much, um, and and like it may have happened one time, and that freaked him out so much that now he's concerned that it's gonna happen every time, and so he's unconsciously making it happen because he's in his head too much. It could be a lumber of things. Prequartal anxiety. Yep. I mean, there's a, a number like. of reasons why this could be happening, and he's going to have to figure that shit out, because there ain't a lot she can do for him. Like, she's being as supportive as she can, you know, but he gets heavily depressed after these incidents happen, and he's going to have to take more than just buying fake dicks to, to try to fuck his girlfriend better. Like, you need to figure out why this is happening. <laughs> okay? Might be an easy solution. You can get back to doing what y'all was doing before. But I think another part of this goes into, and I really hate that I'm a part of a meat positivity fucking topic. But anyway, uh, I think it's the embarrassment of this happening. You don't want to talk to this, talk, tell nobody that this is happening to him because it makes you feel lesser than. So you don't want to go to a doctor and say my dick isn't working. I would. <laughs> you would, but a lot of men would be embarrassed to have to go do that. 
Because either way, if you go tell a woman that you're going to be embarrassed because you're telling a woman that your dick don't work, just in general, that's going to be embarrassing. And then if you go to a man doctor, you tell a man doctor that your dick ain't working, then you're still going to feel embarrassed because this is a man with a dick who probably works, and he's going to be I, judging me. <laughs> I feel like I've done a lot of compartmentalization over my penis and my psyche because that's the issue. You know, it becomes connected to <laughs> our psyche, our self-esteem, our self-worth. Uh, our perceived ability to please a woman, our penis becomes attached to all that stuff. And so, yeah, you might get embarrassed talking to a woman about it, but my meat is just another fucking part of my body that may or may not work sometimes. And when shit on your body don't work, it means either you got a blood flow problem, it means you got some kind of vitamin deficiency, it means something that they can trace to fixing it. Like, I'd be goddamned if embarrassment let my meat not work for three years when that shit could be fixed in a month. <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm finna be about. You know? And then, and furthermore, like, that lady don't want your meat. You know? I used to, like, when I went to go get my physical, I was all, I was afraid of a physical because they said, yeah, they make you drop your pants and they grab your balls and tell you to cough. <laughs> that's what they do. And I was like, well, I hope it's a man. Then I was like, that don't sound right. I don't want it to be no man. I want it to be a woman. But then I was like, but I don't want it to be a pretty woman. <laughs> I want it to be a woman who ain't going to make my dick hard. But I'm pretty sure they used to that shit. You know, but I mean, we got to do a lot of individual work to erase some of the expectations that society had come to have uh, on us about our penis. Can't get caught up in that shit. And, I mean, he has adjusted, but for him to decline emotionally and self-worth and self-esteem to decline because of this, he got to fix this problem if yeah. he want to fix how he feel about it. Um, but, man, there are things you can do to help your situation. One, if you come really fast, you can do Kegel exercises. Um, and the way that you test to see if your kegels have some level of strength is when you midstream peeing, stop yourself from peeing. If you can stop yourself easily, your kegels are pretty strong. If you can't stop yourself easily, your kegels are pretty weak, which means that you know, when it's about time to come, you can't control that either. Those muscles are, are helpful in that. Um, another thing that I come, came across, and this is the part where I said it's going to probably be a little uncomfortable for you, but oh, man, you can holler at me. There is a vitamin regimen that is referred to as the Come Holy Grail. And what this regimen does is it increases the hardness of your penis, it increases the amount of semen formulated, and it increases the intensity of your orgasm. Um, now, for all intents and purposes, these are, you know, the the, the amount uh, of semen formulated is for pregnancy purposes, because uh, the more that you can have, the easier that it will send the semen to impregnate your lady. So clearly, if you out here hitting raw, you don't need to take no, no uh, regimen like that. But um, if y'all want to know what regimen that is, then holler at me if you feel like your your system could be better. Um, but, and I say that to say that there's things that he probably can do that'll help him uh, overcome this problem and get his self-esteem and his relationship back and to be able to give his woman more than 60 seconds. Got to increase that, man. Y'all got to get that. Y'all got to get that time up, fellas. You got to work out. Missy Elliott did an entire song surrounding that. Um, you got to work out by yourself, too. 
You can't just work out with the ladies. <clears throat> okay. Here's the other sex one. I only had two. How do I cuddle and avoid blue balls? Which okay. I don't have an answer for this. I'm sure you maybe you can. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I suppose with the kind of stuff I I read on this subreddit, this is a good problem to have. This doesn't make it any less painful to me, though. My girlfriend, who is 19, and I, who is 20, love to cuddle. We watch movies and YouTube together whenever we can, but every time we do, I get an erection that doesn't go away. Even if I deal with it before cuddling, it comes back within the hour. I I seem to just get excited easily, much to my frustration. The problem is... When I leave it alone for extended periods, 30 plus minutes, I feel immense discomfort for hours. I've learned this is called, oh my goodness, epidemic hypertension. And while most describe this pain as mild, I cannot disagree more. It's unbearable making the simple act of standing up or walking feel like taking a punch to the stomach for each step. Worse yet, if I start feeling this way, masturbation doesn't help much. So cuddling brings me more pain than comfort making it much less enjoyable than it should be. I brought this up to my girlfriend and I fortunate enough to have a very understanding partner. This being our first relationship, we're both new to this sort of stuff. I don't want to have to get up every hour to go deal with it when I'd rather just chill with her. I also don't want to bug her for sex when neither of us are in the mood. What should I do? Does anyone have anything they do to either stifle <laughs> we went to the other end of the spectrum to either stifle erections or prevent a case of blue balls? I still want to cuddle with her, but this makes it less fun and more painful. Um I've never heard of uh epi wait a minute, where'd it go? Epididymal, I guess is how you say this hypertension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So blue balls is a thing, but it is rare. It don't happen a lot. It's something for somebody with a particular, I guess, penile setup down there that makes blood being in their penis an extra period of time hurt at some point. But I've heard a lot of men just adopt that language to me. I want to be fucking. You need to do something about this woman because you the reason that my meat heart and it's, I got blue balls, so we need to be having sex. Um, but the reality is, you go relieve yourself in the damn bathroom. Hell. But he said he's been doing that, but he want to get up every time to have to go do that. But if you don't take your monkey ass into that bathroom, I mean, if your girl don't want to have sex, ask if you can let go on the back. Hell. <laughs> people do these things. <laughs> I'm not you can look like that, that if you want don't, to. But I'm saying, like, if they watching a movie, you got to clean up and shit. It's too much. I mean, you got to set up for that. Hey, babe, I have a condition, okay? And first of all, that's going to sound like some bullshit. If somebody came to me and was like, I have a condition where I need to blast off on your back regularly, I'm going to be like, no, it's not. It's not. This is middle ground. This is middle ground. You don't want sex. Fine. Let's wait till we do that. But I have a thing where when we too close, my my penis get too hard, blood run for too long, and it start to feel a certain type of way. You know? And, and like, is he going to the bathroom and beating off and she not know it? <laughs> like... No, she probably know what he doing. She could even discuss the issue with her. He says she's supportive, so... Yeah. Come up with some alternative to sex. I mean, most of the women that I've uh, had conversations with that 
uh, abstinence from sex, weren't abstinent from blowjobs and hand jobs and all kind of other stuff. <laughs> you know, like just find out where her wiggle room is. <laughs> but if, if every time, like if we literally go sit down and watch a movie that we both want to see, like I'm excited and hyped about this movie, I want to watch the fucking movie. Like I don't want to be on my knees while we watching this goddamn movie. And I don't want to pause the movie, so don't suggest pausing shit, okay? What? Then don't get the movie started. So, okay, <laughs> if he can't last an hour and a half without getting his meat hard enough to start hurting, then presumably you can get it over with pretty quick. So <laughs> before movie night start, touch on him, rub on him a little bit, let him get what he going to get, finish, and then have regular date night. I mean, Damn. Y'all got to come up with some kind of middle ground. If you like this dude, you don't want to have sex with him because you respect your faith. He respects your faith or whatever reason you don't want to have sex. No, he they have sex, but he said this happens so often. It's more often than she's wanting to have sex. Oh, like, yeah. This sounds like every time they get together, he just <laughs> get hard all the time. I mean, I like to have a woman that would relieve me when I need to be relieved or or be a part of the process she don't have to necessarily have sex with me it don't have to be a blow job it don't even have to be a hand job you know it could be her helping me play with myself I mean it could be anything but she can't be like sex is all we can do and nothing in between that and nothing Again, around that. I think you're missing the point. It's not doing stuff in between it. It's how often he would be needing that to happen. Okay. It's the frequency, not the activity itself. Some women out here got to get used to more engagement than they want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, your body, your choice, ma'am. You know, in terms of full-blown sex. But how about a hand or two? <laughs> <laughs> okay, me, do you have one? Give me a hand, ma'am. Okay, You're, you. I'm done with mine because you said you had one that you wanted to read that was kind of long. It is kind of long. Where it's did I put that damn upset. thing at? Hopefully you can't find it because I think Bruh. you're upset. It is going to make you upset. <sighs> But you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Hold on. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't have no problem with going and taking care of myself <laughs> in, in a relationship, out of a relationship. I don't, you know, it don't, ain't no skin off of my back. I hope to have a woman who'll be like, hey, let's get that took care of and then get to this movie and then actually do that. <laughs> uh, but if that's not the case, then... It is what it is. I take care of myself, come back and get some cuddles. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this dude probably really young. <laughs> they are 19 to 20. Yeah, that's 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 the age where like you just got out of high school. So when people said you beat your meat, you were saying, No, I don't, even though you was. <laughs> it is that embarrassing moment where it's like, I don't want people to acknowledge that I, I'm doing this because I can't get women, but you ain't really supposed to be getting women at that age. No. So that he just now, they just now two, three years getting out of that system. And so she probably still kind of like, you know, limiting on how she views sex and 
engagement, and he's probably still embarrassed about that that experience. I found it. Yeah. All right. This is uh this is a tough one. It's a long one, but it's tough. All right. I thirty two female found out last night that my husband thirty seven male stalked and manipulated me into a relationship. What? <laughs> is this, this that show shit. you? That sound like Ooh, you from Look, this shit's gonna get tough. Oh Jesus. Hi all. I'm not even sure how to start. I'm not a regular register, but I do sometimes browse the site when bored. I looked online to see if I could find any information regarding my issue. Well, at least not anything um anything helpful. Never though I nevertheless I be making this kind of post, but here I am. Never thought I'd be making this kind of post, but here I am. Apologies if this gets long. I haven't really been able to gather my thoughts. So I met my now husband, who I'll call Dave, about five years ago. We've been married for two and a half years now. We have an affordable 20-month-old daughter. Adorable. I was about to say, how the fuck is she affordable? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's possible to have kids that are not affordable. I mean, what do you mean? Fuck you mean. (laughs) Kids are expensive. Who's going to say that, though? Go ahead. And I'm currently four months pregnant. We just bought a house a couple of years ago in the suburbs outside of a larger metropolitan area. Dave was an acquaintance of a co-worker, so about Mark. So about five years ago, I started to see him frequently at the bar. We'd go get drinks after work. I'll admit that at first I wasn't particularly attracted to him. Not that he's ugly. He just wasn't the type I was into at that point in my life. Anyway, when Dave started coming around, he would after a while try to chit-chat with me. It was obvious he was interested, but I tried to decline his advances as gently as I could. He was persistent, and one night after maybe one drink too many, I agreed to go on a date with him. I remember the date started out a bit awkward as our previous encounters had always been within a group. So it was the first time it was just the two of us. Plus I admit I didn't really want to be there. I had actually considered canceling, but I was having really bad luck dating at that point. So I decided that since I had no other plans, why not? Anyway, the date started out slow and it was mostly Dave talking for the first half. But then after a while, he started bringing up some topics that I was interested in a hobby and a particular cause that I felt strongly about. The second half of the date was much better. And I was kind of surprised to learn that Dave and I actually had some things in common. I was still hesitant, but decided to give Dave a chance. And although he definitely liked me a lot more than I liked him in the beginning, our relationship slowly began to grow and eventually I fell in love with him. Since then, I would say that we've had a really good relationship. He is my best friend and excellent father and a great husband. Furthermore, he is a good provider as well. Once our daughter was born, he decided that it made the most financial sense for me to quit my job and stay home. It was a role that I admitted was not 100% on board with in the beginning, but when he looked, we looked at the numbers, it was the most logical decision. Despite my initial hesitancy, I've grown to love it. I honestly couldn't imagine having to spend so much time away from my daughter. But I recognize that because of my husband, we're in a very fortunate position to do so. I know that many families cannot live off of just one income. I don't want to give away too much personal information, so I'll only say that my husband works in IT. We're not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but we're able to live a modest middle-class lifestyle on just my husband's income. Except for the rare couples fight, things between my husband and I generally have been really good. We get along well. And up until last night, I would have said that my life is ideal. Oh shit! We finna hit the we finna hit the dip on the roller it's coaster ride. Good. It's been too good. <laughs> a lot of these stories be like this. It be like all these things are good, but this thing, uh, the issue. Like many people, my husband has been working at home since the whole coronavirus mess started. It took a little bit of adjustment, but it hasn't been too bad. As my husband works in IT, his work hasn't been disrupted too much by having to work more work remotely. I think the change in the environment has been the biggest issue. To stay connected, my husband has been meeting virtually once or twice a week with his friends or coworkers. Last night, 
He was playing games with his little brother, Tom, and a couple of his friends. While playing these games, my husband had a few beers. He rarely drinks, but since the lockdown, he's been having two to three beers, usually on Friday nights when meeting virtually. This is not a problem in my opinion, and I only mention it because he does not have that much of a tolerance for alcohol. This is relevant because last night he had more than his usual two to three beers. So after I put our daughter to bed, I checked my cell phone to see that I had a message from Tom's girlfriend. They've been dating for about a year and a half now, and since they only live about an hour away, we frequently double date. I like Tom and his girlfriend, so I was super excited when I opened her message to see that they were now officially engaged. Uh, went to the next message. It was a big group chat, so it was filled with messages of congratulations. I noticed that in one message, Tom had written big thanks to Dave, without whose advice I would have never gotten this far. I personally thought it was very sweet. Seems like they were looking to us as an example. I immediately ran downstairs to my husband to talk to him about it. I knew he was playing games with Tom, so he obviously must have known earlier about the engagement. I sat on the couch and we started talking about how long Tom had been planning this out. How did the, much did the ring cost? When was the wedding? I noticed that Dave was a bit drunk, which I guess was the result of him celebrating his little brother's next step in life. While cuddling, I mentioned to him about how good, how what a good example he was to Tom, and this is where it all began. The whole night was such a whirlwind that I don't remember every little thing, but basically Dave told me how he helped, in quotation marks, Tom make his girlfriend, now fiancé, fall in love with him. I asked what he meant, and he went into his this whole story, which I had never heard before, about how he got me to fall in love, in quotation marks, with him. The true story of how we met, how we fell in love, and our relationship blossomed. Dave was clearly drunk, and I was so shocked that all I could do was stupidly smile and act like everything was no big deal. I think that just made him open up even more. The real story, according to my husband, is that he first found me on a dating site about a half a year before we met. He claims that he initially sent me a message, but that I just ignored him. He looked kind of hurt when talking about this, but I told him that women get hundreds of messages a week on those sites and that there was just no way that I could read through all of them, much less respond. He claims that I did read his, but no response. He said that we ranked very highly in compatibility, had a lot of the same interests, and that he just knew we'd make the perfect couple. So apparently after this, he started creating a bunch of fake profiles. He stole pictures of very attractive men from social media profiles. He said he would make minor changes so as to not to be reverse searched. I never even considered that. Using these profiles, he started basically catfishing me. Over the course of a couple of months, he was able to initiate conversation with me on numerous occasions with different profiles, and eventually, at some point, I guess I mentioned where I worked. He said he then spent hours searching through Facebook and LinkedIn before he found my picture. At that point, he had my name and started hardcore stalking me online. He had created numerous social media profiles, some of which I accepted as friends' followers, so then he was able to stalk my life. After a couple of months, according to him, he started stalking me in real life. He said that he started going and hanging out at the bar that we always went after work and befriended Mark, a co-worker of mine. Mark worked in IT like Dave, and although nice, he was socially awkward and a bit of a loner. I was always surprised when he would join us for happy hour because he usually would just sip on his beer and not say anything. Anyway, I guess Dave started stalking Mark and became his friend somehow. So then when we meet for happy hour, Dave would invariably start to hang out with my group of co-workers and I. It seemed to work out well because Dave was pleasant and Mark seemed to open up a bit more when he was around. So this went on for like a month. And then Dave w started trying to hit on me. Again, he's not a bad looking guy, but he just wasn't my type. After a month or two, I eventually agreed. As mentioned before, I was drunk and having terrible luck in a dating game. My bad luck was actually Dave's fake profiles. I kept chatting with guys who I thought I would really have gotten along with. In some cases, we chatted for weeks. And then when it was time to meet, I kept getting blown off. It was a huge hit to my self-esteem. 
One night after waiting for over an hour for my date to show up, I finally went back to my car and just cried. I couldn't understand it and honestly started having doubts about myself. One particularly cruel episode was after another date with one of Dave's fake profiles. I received a text message which said something like, I didn't look as good as my pictures and was accused of catfishing him. The next week during our happy hour when, uh, was when I was finally agreed to go on a date with Dave. I guess he essentially tore me down so that I would feel like shit and agree to go out with him. When I asked him about all the different phone numbers, he claimed that he had bought a few burner, burner phones. Like, what the hell? But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> Something I had never told Dave about was when we first started dating, I actually was talking with someone else. I was not completely into Dave like he was into me at the beginning, so when this gorgeous guy began messaging me on the dating site I was using, I started chatting with him. After constantly being blown off on dates, I was so very cautious when I was talking to Alex, this new guy. So even though things seemed to be going well, I still kept talking to Dave as well. I wanted to be sure that Alex wasn't just another asshole before I made my decisions with Dave. So Alex and I went on our first date, which was absolutely great until the end. The date was off to a good start because he actually showed up and he was more handsome in real life. I couldn't believe that someone like him was so interested in me. As I said, my self-esteem was absolutely in the gutter by now. So the date goes great. We get along. We're laughing and staring into each other's eyes. I haven't felt this kind of connection ever. I remember my heart fluttering. I even butterf had butterflies in my stomach. I honestly thought it was love at first sight. Up until the end, it was really a magical night, like something out of a movie. I told y'all it was long. <laughs> we had a couple of glasses of wine, but neither of us were drunk, but we were feeling good. After we got out of the bar, we started making out a bit in the parking lot behind. I just felt so good in that moment, and I really thought that I finally had found a guy who I connected with, and it had been a while since I'd been with anyone. So I lost myself a bit in the passion and suggested that Alex come home with me. I still remember the way his face just dropped. His beautiful blue eyes just became cold as ice, and his body just tensed up. He stepped back, said, sorry, I'm not into sluts, and walked off. It was one of the most devastating moments of my life. I never would have guessed something like that happening, not after the night we just shared, and I was honestly in shock. I thought it was maybe a stupid joke, but he seriously just turned and walked away. After what felt like forever, I just I realized he wasn't coming back, and I swear I had a full-on breakdown. I remember that my stomach felt like someone had punched me and then began painfully twisting it. I couldn't breathe and just began full-on slobbing. I don't remember if anyone saw me or not, but no one came up to me and said anything. I cried all the tears I could, and after there was nothing left, I managed to catch my breath after a while and finally walked home. I had some very dark thoughts that night. I couldn't stop beating myself up, ruining what I thought was a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Honestly, even during my marriage, I still frequently thought about Alex. For me, he was the one that got away, and I had blamed myself for years. I guess I should mention that the Saturday night when I went out with Alex, I had actually canceled plans with Dave. When he texted me the next day to go mini-golfing, I was only too happy to go. Looking back, I seriously attached myself to Dave after that, and our so-called fairy tale love grew from then on. Now, why is this all worth mentioning? Last night, while Dave was proudly telling me all that he had done in order to be with me, he mentioned that he had even paid a guy to have a date with me. When I inquired further, he told me about how Alex was actually paid by Dave to go out on a date with me. The idea was to do a couple of dates, then ditch me. I guess to wreck my self-esteem? Question mark. I don't even know. But I was in absolute shock. I had never mentioned Alex to Dave, and we had only exchanged messages for a couple of weeks, and then it was only one date. I didn't want Dave to know that I had been talking to other guys in the beginning, so of course I wasn't going to mention it, so that made everything all too real. Dave seemed to have found it funny as he was telling me how he reached out and found some broke aspiring male model who lived in the city a couple hours away. He offered to pay this guy to set up a profile, chat with me, then go out on a few dates. I don't know if Alex was just desperate for cash or an asshole, but either way, he agreed to the proposition. Per Dave, the idea was that Alex would, after a few dates, basically start to act like an asshole and eventually stop seeing me. Per Dave, 
so that I could learn to appreciate what I have rather than chasing a fantasy. However, Alex saw an opportunity right away, then I threw myself at him, and he took it. I asked him why he would do something like that, and Dave's response was that I was a dumb girl who was chasing guys out of her league and that I needed a reality check to see that the best guy for her was right in front of her face. Up till now, I had been smiling and generally in disbelief about the whole thing, which I only think only encouraged him to keep going, but the story about Alex just horrified me. I literally had a panic attack after that night with Alex, and looking back at it now, I don't think my self-esteem confidence ever recovered. I asked Dave how much he paid Alex, and he told me $1,000. Now, after Dave admitted about Alex, I immediately went upstairs and went to bed. I guess Dave had another couple beers and passed out on the couch. I saw him this morning, and he is painfully hungover. I had only one other time in my life seen him as drunk as he was last night, and it was many years ago. I wanted to ask him again if it was all true what he said last night, but I know it is. He knew way too many details. He's too hungover anyway to have a coherent talk now. Plus, he could say that he doesn't remember anything. I don't know what to do or even if there's anything to do. I'm horrified and absolutely shocked at what I learned. I suppose that I had overly romanticized our relationship and marriage, but now it just doesn't seem real. But I have to admit that I'm also perversely very flattered. My husband is not a lazy man, but he struggles to make and keep plans. The story he told last night seems almost unbelievable. And like I said, if it wasn't for the details, I would say no way he is capable of such a thing. That a man would spend so much time and effort just to be with me, although creepy, although does seem a bit romantic, maybe. I don't want to bring this up to any of my friends or family, so the internet seems to be my only option. I guess I'm looking for someone outside of perspective on this. Also, is this normal at all? I mean, I have, have any guys out there manipulated a situation events to an extreme degree as to be with a girl. Ladies, do you know if your man has done something like this? Up until last night, I had a great loving husband, beautiful family, and a life that most would kill for. Technically, nothing has changed except what I now know. Since everything is, was so good, do I even bring it up again? Perhaps I should just accept that my husband wanted me so bad that he went insane uh, to insane measures to make it happen and just be happy with the great life that I have. I just don't know. Maybe I should see a therapist. I just feel so lost right now. I have no idea what to do, if anything. Too long didn't read, which I guess I could have done this version of it. <laughs> Found out my husband had stalked and manipulated me in the beginning of the relationship, including catfishing me and even paying someone to go on a date with me and be a jerk so that I would fall in love with him. Listen, you know how you always, we always go back and forth with you being like, well, but if everything's been good up until this point, and you learn this one thing. Are you going to throw away all of those good things because it is one thing? This is one of those situations where I would say, hell yeah, I'm going to throw away. Listen, the, the level, the level of insanity, okay, that this man, he's a psychopath. <laughs> Not only did he do this with her, he taught his fucking brother how to do this. He gave him pointers on how to fucking do this. So he's still of this mindset. No. No. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. The levels of deceit. And you paid a thousand to break this woman down mentally. So that you can slide in and scoop up. <laughs> Nigga. I mean, listen, when I read that shit, I was like, this is fucking preposterous. Um, but again, you know, I do ask the same question. How yeah. much do you retroactively apply somebody's old bullshit this, to a new life? Because this isn't 
even ret- this isn't again. <laughs> yes, she just not finding out this about him and her, but he is passing down this this fucking set of rules and skills to his fucking brother. Like he's still impacting other people's lives by doing this shit, by teaching other men how to do this. This isn't no. Okay, so so does that cease to make the issue about my experience and now the way that I need to handle this to make sure he don't do this to other people? No, it's all together. All of that is one big ass fucking mess. No, it doesn't eliminate what he did. That isn't, she didn't even like him. Like he literally, the length that he had to go to to get this woman to even want to be with him was to literally break her down into nothing. Why would you even want to be with somebody that you have to do all of this shit to do? Like, the, oh my God, no, no. How can you trust anything that goes on? (laughs) He is like a fucking criminal mastermind. Like, what the fuck? That's a lot. And you just started six months before he even met her. No, that's, no. No, no, more than six months, a year and six months, because that's when he saw her on their fa- on their profile. Nigga, no, that's crazy. He's crazy. The things that he could potentially be capable. No, I don't give a fuck how good our life has been. No, and she still to this day got self esteem issues because of shit he did. No, <laughs> just no. Mm-mm. No. It doesn't make up for, for uh-uh, no. I don't care so, about her being able to be a stay-at-home mom. I don't care about, I don't care about none of that shit. So what you're saying is she should right now pack up and leave and take her Get child and her, unpre- her, her pregnant self on and start this whole process over with two kids Who now. is the fuck to say that if his kids are, like, that that amount or level of gaslighting and manipulation, I would be concerned for the kids. What if the kids don't want to do what he, you know, when they get to be teenagers? Like, the levels of planning and preparation that he went to for this shit, and that's not romantic. There's nothing romantic about that. That's creepy and weird. What if a man told you that, what if What if uh, a man told you that he did this before to another woman? But not you. They y'all y'all met naturally, but he did this to another woman, and he regretted it and would not do it again. The fact that listen, because your dialogue right now hinges on what that implies about his capability and what he's capable of in the future, because he would do this. So if he did this to somebody before you, but not you, would his capability of doing it because he had done it before impact how you feel you could be with him moving forward? Yes, it would. Listen, the. So he, he can't change? He, he can't could, be different? He can. For somebody else. Not for me. Listen. Again, it's the level. Like, I know people like that kind of manipulate situations. You know, you want to be with somebody. They're not necessarily with the program. So you might. This is, this is beyond what's normal. Well beyond. Okay. This is literally the fucking premise for a show about a, a, a psycho ass dog. This is you in real life. Did, no. No, 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 no. That's terrifying. 
that his mind works that way. He put a lot of effort and work, and not just the money. The fact that he paid a thousand dollars is—I mean, that's crazy. The money is less concerning to me than all of the planning that went into this. The effort, the creating of these fake profiles, the time it took to get her to trust these fake profiles just so he could let her down time and time and time again so that he could come in and look like this this great superhero. No, no, I couldn't. I, could, I don't know who I'm even married to. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, man. No, man. Mm-mm. No. That's, that's levels of, of manipulation and stalkery shit that I just could not get past. Like, I, that's... And the fact that you purposefully fucked up my self-esteem because you did it on purpose so that you could come in, like... You broke me down as a person. She talking about she was in some dark times after that man told her that he don't he don't date sluts. She could have fucking killed herself. No! You know how much trouble I'm having dating right now. I wish the fuck... Listen, no. <laughs> no on point, no. No, this is not one of those situations where, well, but up until this point, no. <laughs> No, absolutely fucking not. No, it does not erase this, combat this, overcome this. No, no, Jesus. Okay, so there, there is one phrase in here that makes me say, fuck this nigga, leave his ass alone. Outside of that, I mean, maybe I'd be like, listen, if what? if he was crazy for a little while. What? <laughs> what? Listen, if the shoe That's was on the other foot. For a little listen, while. if the shoe was on. No, listen. 18 months of preparation before you even have met this bitch to even know if you want to be with her or not is not a little crazy on point. That listen. is no. That's a lot of time he put into this. No. <laughs> But maybe his craziness was just about finding love, and now no, that he got it, it's, it's no, done. No. <laughs> no. Listen, I no. hold on. Wait a minute, nigga. <laughs> I am not saying that his behavior is acceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. Fuck his behavior. But what if she had found this out 30 years in when they got kids and grandkids? I'm saying, how much do you weigh how the quality of your life now? For information that may be seemingly irrelevant moving forward. Now you're assuming that his other crazy gonna show up at some point. But if it were to never show up, how much weight do you put on that past bullshit to impact the moment? I I can't even believe you're asking me. <laughs> Look, everybody got a price, Red. Everybody got a price. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go from living in a mansion. To living in a goddamn shack with your kids, you're going to take that into consideration. Probably not you, but people will take that into consideration. People take that into consideration. If you have to go from eating steak every day to fucking bologna sandwiches, because I you, came from eating bologna, I'm all right. We'll figure it out. I'm just no. saying. I'm not saying that she should do either one. I'm not saying you should stay. I'm asking the question: 
where is the line for people, men who are listening? If this was your situation, if a woman manipulated you into a relationship, if this was you and she was giving you the life you wanted, you know, would you accept that? Or would you be so hurt by what happened? Women too. Would you be so hurt by the fact that he would do something like this? That would be the problem. Now there's only one, there's one thing in this state, in this whole thing that make me say, okay, fuck it. Leave that motherfucker alone. It's, when she asked why, he said, you just a dumb girl that was chasing dudes out of your league and you needed a reality check. Bruh, you should have stabbed that nigga in his throat right then. Like, you shouldn't have to leave him. You should just collect the insurance policy. Like, you should just plan to murder that man from that point on. <laughs> like, come up with a legitimate, we finna get this insurance money kids plan. But that's how he still feels about her. The fact that That's what I'm saying. That. That's the problem. That's the problem. Like, he don't respect but- her. But listen, I don't think anybody that would go to those lengths is, is not going to be still disrespectful. They, they may just not be saying anything. He obviously has been feeling this way about her this whole goddamn time. I don't think it's possible for you to put... That's a lot. Again, this is not like the regular little shenanigans that motherfuckers play in the dating game. This is some real life... That's... No, he that is crazy. <laughs> the levels. The preparation, the the knowing that you breaking her down. You you love this person, or you feel like you you and this person would be really great together. Your answer for that is to break her all the fuck the way down, so that she ain't got no choice, or feel like she don't have no other choice. You her last fucking resort. That's what you had to do to get with me. You had to make yourself be my last fucking resort because there was no other way that that shit was gonna happen. That's weird and crazy. No. If it was like some regular manipulation, if he was like, you know, even the part of he he saw me and befriended Mark and befriended Mark on purpose so he could like hang out and get to know, I would I would accept that. Eighteen months of prep beforehand, no nigga, no, that's weird, that's crazy, that is not something that you just grow out of. (laughs) He ain't gonna just like become a different person out of that. That's a mental illness. No, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Christ on a cracker. My God. Yeah, um, he's and he's still doing it. He's still like he don't see nothing wrong with this still, because he was like, "Come on, little bro, let me tell you how you get any bitch you want to get." Listen, you see what I got? You see it work for me? Listen, you do this, you gonna have her eating out of your hand. He's still do. He still has this mindset. He helped his brother do this shit. Oh. I think she should stay with him, but I think she should be planning on how he. I think she should be setting him up to meet random people at random places, and they just beat his ass <laughs> for the next like four years. <laughs> like, be like, hey, my husband take this route. I sent him to the grocery store. He gonna be there. I'm gonna pay you. Just beat the shit out of him. And that's what it's going to be. Just have him get his ass beat. Like, get some get back. Like, enjoy the life you got, but get these moments of clarity. Like, take his toothbrush and run it around the toilet real quick. You know what I'm saying? Just get you a little bit of power. It's that intrinsic power that you get in a relationship when you do little bullshit like that. You know, to somebody who's wronged you or, done, or, or hit you with some bullshit. I'm just talking shit, man. That, you know, that is a very, very 
like the potential as a mental health professional, the potential for somebody to be as emotionally abusive as this dude's actions indicated that he is willing to be in order to achieve his goal is not a healthy relationship. And I don't think she's ever really going to psychologically recover from just hearing this story anyway. No, like that shit. (laughs) You're not going to recover. And it didn't happen to me. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) My God. Oh no. (laughs) Mm -mm. That is terrifying. Like, and the callousness, the callousness in which he talked about this and telling her to her face that she was just dumb and looking for people outside, like you you was going too beyond what your level is. So I had to bring you back down to what your level really is. Like I, I would I would have killed him in that moment. He would have died. He would have died. Because I would have blacked out. Because I would have thought about how, because you don't forget no shit like that. Like that, all of that shit, she probably remember each and every one of those instances where she got stood up, where she was sitting in a restaurant waiting for somebody that never fucking came, where somebody came and said, oh, I saw you, but you ugly, and I left. Like, I would, he, I would have had, I don't know. I, I might, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. That's uh, but that's it. That's uh, that's the story. That's why I stay out of that Reddit you be getting this shit from, cause this shit right here, you know, I'm already paranoid. God damn, I wouldn't even. Yeah, I be trying to take it to a new level. Fuck, new level indeed. God damn. Okay, well. Y'all probably ain't going to be able to top that shit, but if you have a question or a good scenario that you would like to send into the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists. Send it to us that way. I don't even know. <laughs> Jesus. I got viral pause. Hey, maybe this will help me get my equilibrium back. I got viral pause. All right. Um, to the man who randomly stopped texting a girl after you used to talk to her all day, every day, why did you stop? I was always the one who was initiating conversations. I stopped initiating the conversations to see if she would, and she never did, so I figured she just didn't care about me, so I would stop trying. That's it. Oh, okay. What is, do you feel like as a woman is your, like, do you feel like it's the man's obligation to make conversation happen? I think both of you need to be making conversation happen because I don't. I have had situations where I've stopped talking to somebody because I feel it's like pulling teeth. Like I gotta keep pulling out conversation. Like conversation flows. It should flow, and if it doesn't, I mean that's it's problematic. So I don't think it's either person's job to be I think both of you need to be doing that in order for the conversation to continue to flow smoothly I don't want to be picking my brain all the time trying to find shit and then you just giving me one word answers to shit now I gotta find something like no well a lot of women put men and I'm sure men put women through this too but probably I don't know maybe to a lesser degree maybe not but you know we are supposed to be the aggressors we're supposed to be the ones that's you know trying to get you so 
I think a lot of women look at that as, you know, you got to make me laugh. You like a jester, <laughs> like a court jester. The king is like, yeah. a woman is like, you make me laugh. Entertain me. <laughs> you know, you have to bring me over to saying yes to you. I don't, I got plenty of men after me. I don't have to say yes to you. Make it worth my while. And, um, and I think a lot of, uh, fucking lost my thought. Damn. Um, a lot of women in these interactions expect a man to, oh, I said this before on social media, women will be like, don't just say, hey, or what's up? Send me something creative. <laughs> like, clearly, 30 dudes is saying, hey, what's up? You know, they want you to say some old, wow, out the way, different shit. You know, it feel <laughs> like tap dance, and it's like they got a pistol at your hand, fingers, at, uh, in their fingers at your feet saying, hey, dance, pop, pop. Just well, I think that's because we receive more messages. Responding to 30, hey, what's up? <laughs> After a while, you like, nigga, anything else but that, please. I mean, you get more messages than y'all do. I mean, it is what it is on that front. But yeah, I, I like when oh, a closed ended responses, you know, and, and her not asking any questions after I've spent, you know, two days asking questions, you know, yep. it's like, I do know that some of it come with that because I, I'm, I was exchanging a conversation with somebody before and I was asking them questions and they were answering them and then they weren't asking no questions. And then at a certain point they were like, same questions to you, which was just bouncing my questions back to me. <laughs> and then at some point they started adding their own questions. So it, it's a process in a lot of instances, but it's only so long I can go with you not really actively participating in the conversation. Yeah. Next, the main reason why most men are single is because the character of the women they want is not in the body shape they admire. Wow. That's rude as fuck. <laughs> I mean... Jesus. I mean, I don't know. What do y'all expect from men? Because men, for the since the dawn of time, have been aesthetically oriented, meaning that we just been looking at what we can see. Ass and titties. That's it. And sometimes <laughs> just overall beauty. You could be skinny. You could be skinny and just be gorgeous, I guess. But that ain't enough for me. I feel like really gorgeous women have had a, enough meats to maybe have some STDs lingering. I can't. Like, if you have your choice of meats, that's more risky. <laughs> For me, like, you are really, really pretty. How many meats have you had in your life? Oh, Jesus. That's that blind spot shit. <laughs> that's yeah. that misogyny. Um... Next one. One fact about a man, he will stay in touch with the woman he should have kept. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know like you. I know you was that one's going to touch you. Cuz I literally just this week, just this week, I'm not even joking. Two niggas, two niggas that I used to fuck with message me. One of them was like, I'm in Birmingham. I'd like to see you while I'm here. And then the other one just sent the regular... He Every few months, he'll just, what's up, Jen? I'm like, okay. Why? I don't think they know what you've become. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the, the most recent one 
that from the past is probably the closest to what you become, but the early ones, they don't know what you become because of them. <laughs> they have no idea. They have no idea. You probably yeah. respond generally enough that they still have a little bit of hope that you're the same as you was before. Yeah. Nah. Like nothing. Nothing much. Like I ain't yeah. got no. Like, I ain't got time. Like <laughs> yeah. But no, I think that's very true. I don't know why they want to keep in touch with with you, but what? Move on with your life. Beyonce made a song called Single Ladies, then went home to her husband and left you lonely hoes dancing in a circle pretending to be happy. I didn't seen that one before. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You can be lonely and happy. Her husband was cheating on her. Let's not forget that. People be yeah. acting like just because you in a relationship, all shit is, listen, <laughs> whatever. I feel like Beyonce whooped his ass. Beyonce, no, I don't think so. No, I feel like I feel like Beyonce busted that nigga ass up in the house, and he rich enough to stay in home while he healed, and we would never know. I don't really get that from her Solange, absolutely, but like Beyonce seemed like she would be a lot more complacent. Nah, I think Beyonce, I think Beyonce would do some shit behind closed doors and never talk about it. <laughs> I think Solange would do the shit out in the open at a party on the elevator with a camera on it. <laughs> But I think Beyonce will <laughs> take a fucking cast iron skillet across that nigga face. Maybe. They come from the same place. It ain't no way Beyonce ain't a throwing hands ass motherfucker if Solange will be. I yeah, just don't think know, she'll do it out there. I mean, I have different personalities from my brother than we all grew up in the same place. Not necessarily. You and JD got different uh, things. Uh, yo, yo, your family don't count because you and William <laughs> are the fucking same person and y'all had all of the same shit. True. The other two brothers got their own level of fucked up issues that wouldn't register any of them being nothing like y'all at any point. But yeah. the fact that you and William are the same motherfucker, like you and William would threaten the same motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. that you he would threaten the same people you would threaten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your other brothers don't count. There's just too many variables <laughs> in the situation. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, what you're saying is true. You know what I'm saying? You can't use your family as an example, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Beyonce is, uh, she's militant. She is uh, assertive when it comes to the message she's trying to display. And all the lemonade gave the whole vibe of I beat your ass. <laughs> all of it <laughs> gave the vibe of I will whoop the fuck out of you, but with lyrics and a platinum album. But mm -hmm. I feel like she beat his ass and he just accepted it. I don't know. I'm going to believe that. I want to believe that. <laughs> Next one. Toxic trait. My problem is I forgive, but don't forget. Then I unforgive and get mad again because you ain't have to do me like that. <laughs> Hell no. That's too much back and forth. <laughs> um, getting fat in a black family is truly traumatizing because they're going to immediately and rudely tell you. Oh my fucking listen. Reply, hold on. Grandma's titties be sitting on her stomach, but she have the audacity to worry about somebody weight. Yep. And so listen, I gain weight and now it's like I think it's kind of we just it's been enough time where it's like okay, this is just the size I am now. But in the beginning, it was a topic of conversation with every fucking family. Like, it was so annoying. <laughs> it was, it's like, why you feel comfortable coming up to me saying this shit? And like, my grandma's sister was the worst. 
my uh my aunt Ruth was awful. My aunt Ruth would come in and be like, "Get them big ass hips out the way, Aunt Ruth." Okay, just because you built like SpongeBob, don't come over here hating on me. All right, calm down, <laughs> calm the fuck down. No, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. That shit is so irritating too. Shut the fuck up. I know. I buy my clothes. I know what size I am. You're not going to like this one, Red. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Me and Dick be sweating all day and won't head on arrival. You lucky I like salt on my nuts. Ew. This is disgusting. Wash your don't penis. Act, don't act like you ain't been there. Next. Whether you knew it, whether you knew it or not, <laughs> you know what musty balls smell like. Like no, I know. I mean, I'm saying some are more musty than not. I guess. <sighs> I would assume. I don't know. I only dealt with my balls. That's a question that woman would have to answer. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> On a scale from zero to ten of musty balls and men, how often do you get? Super must versus no must. Don't answer that. I'm just bullshit. You wouldn't answer it anyway. Fucking right. How are you going to say all lives matter when you just two months ago wanted to sacrifice your own grandma for the economy? (laughs) Yes, Jesus. They didn't want to wear the mask. They wouldn't want to open these stores back up. (laughs) Give a fuck about Nana then. All right. I got a few more. Uh, every other basic response we stand with our black employees Ben and Jerry's we gotta fucking smash white supremacy fuck the KKK and fuck you black lives matter our new flavor is called fuck the police it's got blueberries <laughs> bro Ben and Jerry's be coming through when they shit do. happens man Listen. I was in public the other day like, I'm finna get some fucking Ben and Jerry's for justice, goddamn. And me <laughs> and I realized it was $5.19 for a little fucking... And, and principal took over and wouldn't allow me to spend money for justice like that. But when that shit buy one, get one free, I'm gonna buy four of them hoes. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's is true. And I don't like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. All of them taste the same to me. No. For some reason. Time zones are so weird. Like, it's May 30th in Australia, May 29th in Europe, and still 1920 in America. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate, unfortunately. If I say hun like seven times, don't say never mind. Please don't give up on me. I'm trying my best. (laughs) (laughs) I would look. Never mind. Never fucking mind. I just said it 18,000 times, and you still don't know. No. I'm that person that's gonna give up on you. Like, just don't worry about it. I got it. Okay. Well, that's it. Okay. Um. Uh. I really don't have a lot in the way of stories, just because everything is kind of still surrounding George Floyd. Um. The reason why my moniker this week is "Shutting the fuck up" is free, is because there's been a lot of celebrities that just don't know how to shut the fuck up. Just shut up. Just don't say nothing. Okay, and it's not even just white people. You expect white people who are tone deaf to come and say some bullshit during these times that you'd be like, really? But it's been some black folks, most notably Trina, the diamond princess, (laughs) 
who basically equated black folks to animals and said that you know her registration is straight she ain't worried <laughs> her license is up to date because that's the reason why this shit has happened um trina <laughs> first of all it's trina i don't really know why people have such high expectations for trina <laughs> um at all but around it's Trina. Like you, you really should not expect her to be, you know, grasping too many concepts outside of the hood shit she she talks about. Personal. She um, is a self-proclaimed bad bitch. <laughs> she is a proud hoe that you don't know any of the others that do the things that she does, <laughs> and hence should probably invalidate how we accept her referring to other black people yeah like why are we gonna listen to how you feel about black people calling yourself a bitch and a hoe i mean i understand because when it comes to the n-word and if you don't know what word that is then it's nigga if you black <laughs> nigger if you're white and racist <laughs> then my idea of that word is what we did was we reappropriated that bitch right we yep. took that motherfucker like white people had and we snatched it out their hand and said, do something, motherfucker. And we took it and we started using it. And it wasn't a full, it wasn't a full reappropriation because a lot of people still don't fuck with it because it is yep. a work that's connected to a lot of pain. Um, and I think that Trina tried to do that with baddest bitch. And she tried to do that with you know nan hoe. It didn't work for hoe. <laughs> and and it kind of worked for bitch. You know, because, you know, women started being like, hey, bitch, like that shit that they do between each other. Yeah. But but that still don't give her enough credence for me to care about how she interprets the world we live in. And the fact that she called them animals. And then my thing about the conversation, it was hun trick daddy, man. I don't know if it's the lean or the lupus or the whatever the fuck it is in his life. But it don't seem like he could respond. It seemed like he, his grunts and <laughs> sounds made it sound like he wanted to say some good shit. He just <laughs> didn't have the vocabulary to do it. He was like, man, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, it's always emotional with you, ain't it? Uh-huh. I don't know how to turn that into a valid argument against what you're saying. But, you know, that's kind of how he was. And I was like, I was waiting for him to say some good shit. And I was like, he ain't equipped. Okay. And she got mad real fast, you know. She did. She she hinted on, uh, okay, I don't like looters because one of my friends' shop got looted. Okay. And well. that was like that was one of the arguments I was talking with somebody this week about this, and they were like, well, she was just upset about her friend's store getting looted. That's they're separate things. Like you can be upset about a specific incident and still not insult an entire culture of people that are your people who are the people that buy your fucking music. She could have. And I mean, and maybe I'm giving her too much credit in being able to articulate this, but if the if the, her friend's store being looted was the issue, then speak on that. Do not say that all of these people out here is animals, Trina. That's not what you do. That ain't it. For sure. Um, and of course, you know, she <laughs> you know how most white people when 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 they will get to Drew Brees, but like Drew Brees for example, that come back and they're all apologetic. Trina, like, first she doubled down. Because <laughs> people got in her ass about it. 
And then she came back still with an apology that was not really an apology. Um, and I'm just like, girl, just, just stop talking. Shutting the fuck up is free. Just it, you don't, it don't cost you anything to just not say nothing. And sometimes if you're not articulate and you, you can't get your point across in a way that's going to be received well, then just shut the fuck up. Just shut up. Just hush. It's all right. You ain't got to talk. And she pulled out the old black on black crime. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. My brother was killed by a black man. That's how she said it. And I'm you like, know why your brother was killed by a black man? Because your brother was around black people. The same way that a lot of white people get killed by white people because they around white people. And a lot of Hispanic people get killed by other Hispanic people because they're around fucking Hispanic people. That's how the that, shit is set up. That ain't even the biggest takeaway with black on black crime. The biggest takeaway is that one, it don't exist. But for the sake of this dialogue and the sake that the propaganda has made us believe that it exists, I'm going to use the terminology just to make my point. Black on black crime is not a problem because, you know, it don't exist and white on white crime should be a thing if black on black crime is a thing because the percentages are close. The biggest issue with it uh, is that, especially how she said it, is that in the context of Black Lives Matter, if a black person kills a black person, they are either going to go to jail or they're going to be hunted for the rest of their lives. And if they found out, they're going to be arrested. That equates to that life mattering. You know, that life that was lost matters because the justice system has said, we're going to go get this life that took it. That makes that life matter. When it comes to police who kill unarmed black people that don't get accountability, that don't go to jail, the same system is saying that life doesn't matter because we're not willing to hold a person who did it accountable, especially when it's some notable fuck shit. Clearly, if your cousin pulled out the chopper and aimed it at the police and they got their ass lit up, then I'm sorry, motherfucker was supposed to die. That was a bad decision. But what we, and and we don't, and you know what? The numbers that they keep saying, they keep bringing up this this discrepancy between how many white people die and how many black people die. Yeah, more white people die than black people in this conversation um, when you talk about how many were killed by the police. But the reality is, one, White people outnumber black people one to five. So the the numbers are disproportionate. But also, all of those people who died most of the time are people who probably should have died because they was on some bullshit. You know, it's a handful of... with a whole lot more shit. Yeah, it's it's, it's overt examples when black people get shot where they shouldn't have. Oh, he had a cell phone, but, 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 he got shot. Oh, he was holding a BB gun that Walmart sells, and boom, he got shot. Oh, we had a kid out here playing guns and robbers, and he got a drive-by on him by the police. Oh, we got George Floyd who got a knee in his neck. You know, or we got Freddie Gray who got his neck broke in the back of a van or with nobody watching. Or we got uh, Breonna Taylor who got a no-knock raid on her house and got shot at the wrong house. Like, there's no stories of that shit happening to white people. It's one that they keep pulling up that happened like some years ago. But there's that don't happen. That that moment where it don't make sense for this to have happened, happen to white people. When we see white people get shot, it's because they got a gun in a park shooting at people. <laughs> it's not because 
they asked they told a cop i'm a i'm a, a carrier concealed carrier and i have my gun and then you end up getting blasted in your driver's seat that's not that shit ain't happening to white people so you can't use that as a comparison and frankly i'm appalled that motherfuckers don't understand that but then right after i'm appalled i remember that a lot of people are stupid <laughs> a lot of people don't research a lot of people just listen to talking points and regurgitate them. Yep. And it's problematic. So. Well, the only other thing, so while we're on this train, is Drew Brees. Drew Brees, tone deaf as shit. If you don't know, Drew Brees plays for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and for whatever fucking reason, he decided to come out and say that he still doesn't support people disrespecting the flag and how his forefathers fought and how this he just he can't get behind it and he can't agree with it when nobody is even talking about the goddamn flag right now drew this is not even a part of the conversation currently other than to say that Y'all don't have a problem with this officer putting his knee on George Floyd neck, but you had a problem with Kaepernick putting his knee on the ground to protest some shit. That's the only way in which the flag has kind of still been mentioned. And then for you to go and this would be your talking point, it's like, true, sir. So, of course, people got in his ass. And then he came back with this publicist response and, and apology, uh, which whatever. And then President Trump decided to tell him, you shouldn't have apologized. They shouldn't be disrespecting the flag. And then he came out with another little response to, to Trump saying that he, you know, this isn't about the flag. It's about the black lives being lost. And it just all seems so disingenuous because of how it happened. So, and again, shutting the fuck up is free. It don't cost you anything to just be quiet and not say anything. And for the people that are like, well, Drew Brees is white. Why would you have any other expectations? Well, listen, there are white people. You got white people out here marching and getting shot up with these rubber bullets too. Um, and so when you have this expectation that the person that you like, admire, stand for, whatever the case may be, is not don't have these kind of this kind of ideology when you find out that he does you're gonna be upset about it you're not gonna i mean I, there's a lot of people who probably did not put drew Brees into this category that he's found himself in now <laughs> um but you had like lebron and then what is that bitch name from fox news that told lebron to just shut up and dribble laura ingram Laura Ingram, who told him to just shut up and dribble when he was talking about this same fucking topic and how athletes don't nobody care about their political views. With Drew Brees, she was like, well, he's allowed to have an opinion. He's allowed to say how he feels. Is he? What's the difference? He's an athlete, too. Should he not just shut up and, and catch the ball? I don't know what quarterbacks do. They catch the ball. They throw the ball. Whatever he does in his position, I don't know. Whatever it is. Because Laura Ingram sells propaganda. She sells things that make you feel a certain way about one group and another way about another group. And she does it very well to the old people that watch her. She does. Sean Hannity and um, what is his name? Carlson Tucker. 
all of them motherfuckers, they do the same shit. Uh, I guess the question becomes, how much do we believe that Drew B. Breeze being schooled about all of this is genuine? How much of this is, I don't want to have a strained relationship with my black coworkers that I play football with. And so I want to make sure that they feel like I'm doing everything I, I, I can be doing versus is he genuinely, really, truly getting it? At this point, with this specific case where there's just no question, there's no question that this was just, I mean, it, all of the cases for me have been that way. But this one specifically where you got like all of these companies and shit, like my Reddit little sign is black. Twitter changed their bird to black. You have all of these entities rallying behind this in this one, in this particular one. I don't know how you could still be that tone deaf and it not be some shit. Like, did he get schooled or is he just, I don't think he did. I don't think that he knows any more now than he did before he said that shit. I think he does. I think he does because you know what? Charlemagne do the same shit. I don't give a fuck what you say. Charlemagne say some dumb ass shit. He go to Twitter and go to his friends. They school his ass about something stupid he said, and he come back sounding enlightened as fuck, but make it sound like it's just him that became enlightened somehow. But and I that's feel what happened. Genuous was from him too. Like I don't. I just need to know what your plan is. Even with all of these, like Apex Legends, I play that game. Black Lives Matter screen. Call of Duty. Black Lives Matter. PS5. We're pushing back our events because we stand with the black community. Everybody got a ma- uh, sign up on their website. Facebook too. Yeah. <laughs> and we know Facebook be out here throwing black people in Facebook jail for saying white, <laughs> even though white people saying nigga and don't nothing happen. But this is the thing. Um, Target got a plan. Target is giving ten million dollars to black community projects michael jordan and jordan brand is giving a hundred million dollars to black community projects so when you put black lives matter we stand with the black community does that shit come with a plan or are you gonna go back to business as usual i mean target was at the center of this shit to me target is handling this shit well Mm -hmm. target got their whole business tore up and they could have been like, you know, fuck this movement. They tore one of our stores. But you know what? They coming out and they they being what I think is socially responsible with this dialogue. And I was uh, listening to a video today of uh, of uh, somebody uh, talking about Dave Chappelle heckling, being heckled in 2015. Somebody uh, in the audience said police brutality. He said, give me a topic. And they said police brutality. And then a woman yelled out, uh, um, tough luck, deal with it. And he said, what did you say? And she said, tough luck, deal with it. And he pretty much gave a whole lesson about the shit. And he talked about um, he talked about some revolution in the past. I don't remember which one it was. He said that the threshold of pain was met and a revolution happened and the government couldn't do anything about it. He said that there will be another threshold of pain that's met where everybody 
feels the pain and the government can't do nothing about it. And I'm starting to feel like this is one of their moments. I'm starting to feel like like when you look at how these police forces are being overwhelmed to the point that they got to retreat the city, <laughs> it's, it's starting to feel like this is a part where so many people are coming to be educated about what's going on that it's changing the dynamic. But we also, as a culture, can't become complacent and sit back and be like, well, you know, it's done. You know, it's happened. We got to figure out how to move this shit forward, y'all. We can't slow down. We can't let people forget. I don't think we got to do it by being out in the streets wilding, but we've got to figure out somehow how to do that. Yeah. And and I think that I think that a person like Drew Brees can become more aware. I think overnight. That, yes, yes, overnight. I mean, he probably could not get off with a phone. I mean, I bet one of his closest black players called him and said, "Why you bring that motherfucking flag shit up?" <laughs> you know, good and goddamn well that shit wasn't about no damn flag, Drew. As much as we've been in practice telling your ass it ain't have shit to do about the flag, what you do? He probably spent a whole twenty-four hours with them conversations. And then realizing that motherfuckers is hurt from this shit. And not only that, but then the NFL came out with comments uh, about this. So, I mean. Do you think that they are genuine in their statements? Genuineness for me is going to be measured by your fucking plans and what you do afterward. I really don't give a fuck if you ain't genuine if you put money into the shit. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't give a fuck what your heart say. You know, I can't judge your heart by shit. You know, it's the same shit white America say. Well, he has a good heart. I ain't never been able to see what a fucking good heart look like on the outside. Yeah. Do some shit. Do some shit that helps me see that whether your heart is in the right place or not, you're willing to at least invest in the solution. So, if the NFL reach out to Colin Kaepernick and, I don't know, maybe they'll try to give him a job or maybe they'll try to make him some kind of diversity ambassador... I don't give a fuck, man. If they put some money in Colin Kaepernick's pocket that's that's acceptable to Colin Kaepernick, I'll say, okay, NFL is good with me. If they start to try to put money in the black community and black community projects like Jordan Brand is doing and like Target is doing, I'll be like, okay, let's see how they do moving forward. Because the reality is everybody could use this as a moment to recover from their diversity uh, problematic bullshit. H&M probably got a statement. Gucci probably got a statement. All of these companies that have had problems with racism probably got a statement out. This might be they bullshit-ass way to recover from the shit and issues that they had with blackness where people can say, oh, yeah, they put out a statement. They good now. But we can't (laughs) be just okay with a statement. We got to be okay with motherfuckers taking action and doing shit to erase the problems that exist. You know? Not just letting them motherfuckers continue. Uh, You got any more comments on that? Because we running out of fucking time. Right. Um, and I got so much shit. Uh, Candace Owens. Uh, Candace Owens, number one, is um, her views are as problematic as the space between her eyes. Look at her video. Tell me them space between her eyes ain't weird. I'm Just tell me that shit ain't weird. Her <laughs> eyes are closer to the side of her face than to her nose. Okay? And you know what? I wouldn't even be saying shit like this about a person 
if it was a person that seemed to have some decent opinions, but she is clearly clout chasing. She is clearly somebody who just wants to be contrary for this shit. The Hodge twins too. I don't know if y'all know the Hodge twins, but they was just some silly dudes that used to work out and weight lift. They had some fucked up teeth. They got Invisalign. They was funny. Now they the conservative twins. If you want to be wealthy in America, the America that we have now, all you got to do is be a, a smart motherfucking black person and become a conservative and you will get rich because that's what motherfuckers who are willing to sell the culture out for is doing. And that's what Candace Owens is doing. Candace Owens basically came out and said, hey, um, I don't support George Floyd because he was a criminal, um, but I hope his family gets justice. And that is the most fucked up thing to say. She say, I'm not willing to paint him as a martyr. You know, they're making, she's making it seem like people are praising George Floyd. What the fuck do, do we have to praise him about? This man got humiliated by the fucking police. And you know what? For me, his mural reminds us that a white man can humiliate us and murder us in the fucking streets and nothing can happen to him. At least nothing wasn't going to happen to him if this shit didn't go down. It just would have been another fucking write-up if all of this shit didn't happen. So I think she is really confusing the terms praise with memorializing because memorializing don't have to have praise attached to it. His memorial reminds me that that shit can happen to me. It don't remind me that he was a great person. There's no reason to judge what kind of person he was. I don't give a fuck. I ain't looked into his past or nothing because it don't matter. Because it don't matter what he's done. He didn't deserve to have his knee, a knee placed on his neck for eight and a half fucking minutes while he was dying and calling out for his mama that passed away. So, fuck Candace Owens from here on out. And I listened to a debate with her yesterday because, I, you know, Facebook, you see the videos, you click them in. Another dude on the other side, I was just trying to see the points he was bringing up to her shit because he was on her show. Mm -hmm. And he had some good points, but she is so lost. It's like she jumped into the deep end of bullshit against the black community and anti-blackness, and she is just comfortable there because people are paying her to be places, and, and if that's what she wants, that's what she's going to have. Um, so, fuck Candace Owens, and, um, and fuck anybody who agree with her. Um, now, I'm just going to go down the rung of stories I had um, from this point on, and then we'll call the show, okay? All right. Uh, and if you got comments on them, just kicking in. Uh, Kanye West donated $2 million to the families of George Floyd, Amar Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. Uh, and somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was, said that Kanye West gave away all of his MAGA hats and that they were only using this platform to get the... Uh, the Walker, Alice Walker, mm -hmm. out of jail, and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. So now the world is looking at Kanye and saying, okay, that was all a ploy. No. Kanye is now, you know, for the black, because he's marching no. and doing shit. Mm -hmm. um, listen, I'm not going to be the one to say that that's not the case, but I don't believe it. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think it's evident that Kanye West lives from moment to moment. And I think that when he was living in those moments he was living in, it was with no uh, idea that the future is what we're focusing on with everything we're doing. I think he was living in that moment and he would believe what he believed and he said what he said 
because why would he take on all the scrutiny by saying some of the shit he said? He could have moved a lot more calculated if that was the place. He wouldn't have said no shit like, we still enslaved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, or or we could have got out of slavery if we wanted to, whatever. Y'all know what he said. Um, so I don't believe it, but I'm not going to make it seem that, that like there's room that it's not. But like I just said, I don't really give a fuck where your heart is or where your intention is. If he continues to put money into shit that helps my community, then I'll fuck with him. I'll believe him. I'll let him have it until he fuck up again. Um, let's see. What's next? Oh, the brat came out as lesbian. Um, I don't think anybody is surprised. (laughs) Um, I, I really... I mean, I saw my business partner posted on um, on Facebook that when somebody comes out to you and says that I'm out of the closet, then you shouldn't shouldn't say I already knew. You should say I I appreciate you for trusting that information to me because saying I already knew is really not respectful to the moment that the person is having. So from knowing my business partner and the struggle she had with coming out, you know, it feel kind of weird to say who didn't know, but I mean, who didn't know? (laughs) 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 So that's just, that's, that's blind spot stuff. (laughs) Um, let me see. Uh, okay, so there's a, a viral video going on where a, uh, a older man, 75-year-old man, uh, got pushed by some police officers in New York. Two officers put their hands on him, pushed him. He fell down, hit his head on the sidewalk, and blood came out of his ear. What the fuck kind of injury do you got to have where blood come out of your ears? If that man He's was 75 years old. It, I mean, I mean, it don't take a lot. I'm just saying. His Either body way. is old. <laughs> Either way, so the two officers that pushed him, one of them that pushed him was about to bend down and help him, and a dude behind them stopped him, and they kept walking past him. And once all of the police officers walked past him, the military members were the one that got down and helped him, which really shows a a distinct difference between the integrity of police officers and military members. Um, But those two officers were arrested. Um, And after they were arrested... All the other 57 members of the police resigned from that response team. They didn't respond. They didn't resign from the the force. They didn't quit. They just said, we ain't going out to these protest responses no more. In solidarity with their friends who visibly pushed this man down and his head started bleeding. Like, there is a, the culture of police is that our friends should be able to push this man down without getting in trouble. He shouldn't have came up to us. That's what just happened. And and that's a problem. And, you know, people always say, you know, and I don't know why people use this analogy with police officers because it's horrible. They say that they only a few bad apples. They only a few bad apples. Red. Do you know the rest of the quote about what they say about bad apples? Spoiled the whole bunch. They spoiled the whole fucking bunch. So why <laughs> in the fuck would you use the analogy of a few bad apples when, yes, they do ruin the whole fucking bunch. Because I look at them two cops, and you know what? I imagine that all those other 57 are like those two because they came to the aid of them motherfuckers. None of them said that shit was fucked up. Not out loud. 
They might have said it between each other, and they might have said, I knew that they ass was going to push somebody at some point and get fucked up. But if they ain't telling us and weeding those motherfuckers out, then it's not my job to determine who the good apples and the bad apples. Because as long as bad apples fucking exist, then the whole bunch is going to be ruined as far as I give a fuck. So, that shit happened. Um... Uh, uh, on the on the same lines of all of these statues being removed, Virginia City removes a hundred and seventy six year old slave auction block. Why like, in the fuck was that still even up? Please tell me why. Oh my tell god! Tell me why. Um, let me. Uh, so Amy Cooper, the woman who got called the cops on the on black bird watching dude, she got her dog back. Like that shit is the epitome of white privilege. She pretty much called him and threatened him, and they said, we're going to give you your dog back. And after she choked that dog, she gave him back. Like, instead of getting charges put on her ass for making a false report on a black person that could have got him fucked up if he wasn't, um, if he wasn't, uh, recording, you know, they have the audacity to get that woman her dog back and not uh, the ability to bring charges on her some kind of way. Uh, let me see. Disney. When I say that they need a plan, if you put out a blackout shit or you put We Stand With The Black Community, Disney is donating $5 million to NAACP and equality and justice causes. Put a plan into play. All of these corporations can put plan in the pl- plans into play that can start helping shit in the black community and other communities. They, they, they should do it. Uh, one last thing. Um, there is a video, a horrible video, of about 20 black dudes in a grocery store beating up a trans woman and it is fucking disgusting i mean it's just 20 dudes it looks like they just waiting they turn to just just bunch punch and wail out on this person um and i'm like what did this person do um i mean it's irrational and unreasonable and bullshit if you're a lone black guy that ends up hitting a trans woman but for 20 dudes to be standing around just watching this shit happen what the fuck? And to that, all I have to say is what what's going on right now, if you're a black person that picks and chooses what version of black you are willing to accept, then you ain't an advocate for black. And I don't give a fuck about your opinion. If you're not an advocate for black LGBT, even if it's uncomfortable to you, even if you haven't grown to the level of being able to accept a, a trans woman being referred to as a trans woman rather than saying man, man or sir or whatever, mister or whatever jokes you want to use to still identify them as a a man, then uh, then that's fine. But if they black and you invalidate their blackness because you're not willing to accept that, then I don't give a fuck about your opinion about blackness at all. And that was a fucking heinous video and I mean, I feel like with how bad that looked, like I feel like I would have to try to step in, even if I would get my ass beat. Like I'm never in those situations. I'm never put in one and I don't know how I would react, but I just don't see myself allowing a fucking violent act that I could do something about and just walking away from it. That shit was disgusting. And it ain't that much shit that get to me like that, but they was beating the hell out this this girl, and that fucked me up. 
<laughs> seeing how many dudes were complacent with that. So blackness exists in a myriad of ways, you know, and I don't, I mean, fuck Candace Owens by how she talked, but if she was getting her ass beat in the street by a bunch of white people, then I'll stop them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I'm an advocate for black, however it looks. Even ways that I don't agree with, even ways that's uncomfortable, and even ways that I'm growing to be more comfortable with and that I'm growing to understand more. Uh, that being said, that's all I got. Oh, man, I had a lot of shit that I X'd off. <laughs> I'm so ambitious when it comes to the stories that I get. <laughs> but that being said, um, you got anything else on your mind? I do not. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla.